right, well, today I would like to welcome to the podcast Alyssa Dillon. She is becoming famously known as an online business coach and profit strategist for helping more and more digital entrepreneurs launch and scale their businesses online. She's a multiple six-figure business founder who most recently created a proven program and system that allows a virtual business owner to not only create their own unique business model, but to launch it successfully to six figures annually without leaving the comfort of their laptop, which is really the introvert's dream. Welcome for being, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> you are all over my Facebook and all over my LinkedIn. And um, I'm just so excited that we got to finally do this. Yes, 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 yes. We had to reschedule and I was very sad, but sorry. Mm-hmm. we figured it out. No, it's good. Um, so my first question is always the same. What was your first, like very first job? My very first job. Oh boy. Um, I was, I was a babysitter. Mm-hmm. Weren't we all? I mean, um, I babysat for my dentist, who was also the mayor of my town. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And I I babysat his daughters after school. I would go to soccer, and then I would go to his house and babysit his kiddos. And yeah, they're great people now, too. Um, uh, One is Casey. She's a a doctor. She's marrying a lawyer that I graduated with, actually. And so like power couple. And then um, their other daughter, uh, Sydney, is like doing amazing things. Uh, she's very creative. She's mm-hmm. in the creative space. So um, I'd like to say I, I contributed to that. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I need to go take credit for all the people yeah. I babysat. Right. Because <laughs> I'm the oldest of all of my cousins that live here um, in Colorado. And so I just need to take, just need to start because I watch mm-hmm. them all. Yeah. So I'm just going to start taking credit for all of them too. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> My kids, whatever. All the kids I mm-hmm. babysat. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. So, I actually, I had a ton of jobs though. I, w- I went from babysitting. I worked at a hair salon. Um, I, I worked at McDonald's. My mom used to pull me out of school early to go work at a hair salon. Like wow. she'd pick me up and be like, let's just go. You're going to work instead. Um, so you don't hear about that a lot for my generation, but mm-hmm. I was so bored in school that my mom's like, well, just get a job because yeah, so, that'll, yeah. that'll keep you, keep you busy. Yep. Worked at Walmart, um, oh. worked at a bank, uh, all the things. So you grew up in a really small town, right? I mean, yep. the dentist was the mayor, so I'm assuming it was a really small town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very small. Um, so your background is actually in accounting. Yes. So, yeah, tell us, so tell us the kind of like how you picked accounting, like why, you know, how, what your journey was um, being an accountant. Um, yeah, sure. And then you started your own business. So tell us about that. Okay. All right. Um, so well, I was really great at math, like uh, didn't realize it until mm-hmm. I actually went to college. Well, I realized it in a sense because I skipped math class because I would turn in my math homework um, a week ahead of time, like all of the work for the week. And I turned it into my teacher. Um, His name is uh, Mr. Cole. And Mr. Cole would be like, okay, now leave. Just go to the art room or something. You're a distraction. We don't need you here. You already know this stuff. So it was just like, I was naturally really great at that sort of thing. Um, Yeah, so then I went to college and I had to take that like placement exam, I guess. 
and I scored in the 98th percentile and they're like, wow, you're really good at math. And I was like, yeah, I think so, I guess. <laughs> and um, they're like, no, you really are good at math. Like, and I got to skip like all the math classes and I started in like just college calculus. Um, and I was actually going to school for human services. I really wanted to help people. Mm -hmm. um, and I quickly realized I didn't want to help people in the way that I was like, I was like, ah, human services, like there's a lot of people that don't want to help themselves. I want to help people who want to be helped. Mm -hmm. So, and I couldn't do nursing because, um, I hated blood and I would like pass out. And I read a quote, I kid you not, that said, if you don't like people that much and you don't like blood, become an accountant. <laughs> I, this is like not, I'm not even joking right now. That's so funny. And I was like, well, I, I do like some people, but I don't like all people. So maybe right. this would be good for me. And hey, I'm good at math and I'm pretty sure accounting has to do with math. Right. Um, and then I had my accounting professor. She came and taught one of my business classes and she talked about accounting. Um, and I was like, and her name is Cheryl Cork. Shout out to Cheryl Cork. Uh, she really made me like realize like, Hey, I could be really freaking good at this. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. Um, and I ended up getting my associate's degree in accounting. And then I went on to get an accounting job, um, actually at a arms wholesaler, like guns and bullets. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, that was my first accounting job. I just did like AP and AR. <laughs> and, and inventory. Then, yeah. Yeah. No, a lot of inventory. <laughs> yeah. In inventory. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's, very heavily tracked inventory, like yeah. you know where everything is at all yeah. times. Yeah. So um, from there, I ended up going to RIT, Rochester Institute of Technology, uh, to continue my accounting education. And I ended up not finishing, actually. Um, really? Yeah, I didn't end up finishing my degree. I, I have, I know everyone who's listening to this is going to hate me right now, but I have yeah. one class to finish to get my bachelor's <laughs> degree. It happens to be stats too. Oh, stats. Um, and I dropped it when I had 103 average in it, but it didn't fit into my new job as a CFO. Mm -hmm. So I got a CFO position before I even, it's like for a nonprofit a few mm -hmm. years later. Um, and it just didn't fit into the schedule. So I had to drop it thinking I would take it later. And then life happened. I Your was kids pregnant. And, stuff. Yep. <laughs> and so here I am, uh, Gosh, I'm like looking at what's the date? <laughs> 2019. Um, yeah, like 10 years later, and I still don't have that degree, but um, it hasn't held me back in any way. So, yeah. Uh, it's I just, so funny. Yeah, I haven't been motivated to go back and take that one. That I one literally need class. two classes for a Spanish minor, and I never did it. See, I could, I Spanish minor, I have, I have all the credits for that. Yeah. I took Spanish <laughs> forever. I did too. Um, and I only took it because we got to go to like New York City. Like in our, if you took Spanish, you got to go to New York City. I was like, I went to Spain. So oh, in my high school, the, um, the Spanish teacher, her husband, like she and her kids lived here in Colorado and she taught here. Um, but her husband lived in Spain. So hmm. she would take a class of people every year to Spain for two weeks. And we got to do like a family stay. Like it was, one of the best experiences I've ever had. And yeah. he's like, you can just leave me here. <laughs> That's amazing. I thought going to New York City was cool. And yeah. I was like, 
nothing. We took a salsa lesson. That's yeah, I've, it. Never been to, I've never been to New York City though, so. <laughs> like uh, we ate Spanish food and we took a salsa lesson in New York City. <laughs> that enriched us. <laughs> <laughs> you're like that they're like this is as close this is as far as we can go <laughs> yeah it was and, i mean small town school and you're from yeah. you're from northern the northern part of new york right yeah so i'm uh western new york uh niagara falls is like the biggest thing i can tell yes. people that i'm close to actually um, i had I, to google it because i was like i don't know if that's part of the country at all <laughs> yeah. or new york <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> near uh near niagara falls so we have lake ontario above us lake erie and then the niagara river um oh that's pretty though i bet it's yeah so we're just water everywhere which is awesome um it's nice because i i live in a harbor community so like this morning i woke up and i went on a walk um and right across the street from where my kids go to daycare and i got i walked down into the harbor and Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, right next to the water, so it's really nice. I really wish we lived in it by the water. I was in San Diego. Mm-hmm. I was in San Diego a few weeks ago, and I was like, I just got to get to the beach. Like, I literally just have to put my feet in the sand. Like, that's all that's required here. But yeah. I have to get to the water. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so, and I love Colorado too. Let me tell yeah, you, Colorado I've been once. Is gorgeous. It is gorgeous here, but I'm allergic, so <laughs> I have horrible, um, like outside allergies especially like in the summer so I'm like I always tell people like yeah Colorado is gorgeous to look at from inside from inside well <laughs> uh I am lucky that I don't have allergies I guess I yeah. Colorado thoroughly I went yeah. for two weeks in 2014 that was mm-hmm. last time I went and it was amazing and yeah. I want to go back so badly it so is. it's a really good place to live mm-hmm. but it's a really expensive place to live right now yeah. So you started your own firm. So you left the CFO yeah. company and then you started your own firm. So tell us about like what, how you made the decision and. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I had an idea for far too long. Um, but it was like the, I needed the perfect storm to, I guess, probably like push me into doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so leadership started to change. I was, part of like the executive team. I was helping make a lot of decisions as a CFO. Um, I was part of board meetings and then leadership started to change. My executive director uh, decided to leave. I got a new one. Um, My ability to work from home was kind of started to be taken away from me. They wanted more hours from me. And I was just like, not about it. I, at that time had two babies. Uh, I have Irish twin boys. So I was like, no, I don't like, I don't want to be away from my kids. So I came up with this idea that I was going to just start doing some bookkeeping on the side. That was my whole idea. I'm going to start doing some bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. And if I can make like $2,000, that's all I need. Mm -hmm. I just need $2,000. I want to pay for my student loans and be able to like buy groceries and diapers at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was, like I said, perfect storm. I had, uh, my youngest child had pneumonia. Mm. My older child was getting tubes in his ears. I was sick. um, And I went into work one day and I was just feeling so defeated. I was like, man, I just can't. I like, I got to get out of here. And I walked in and I was called into my new boss's office and they asked me to sit down and they gave me like a laundry list of things to do. And I literally just closed my laptop and I was like, no, I'm going to go. And they're like, 
are you going to come back? And I was like, no, not ever. Like just quit on the spot, walked out of there, handed in my things. Um, and then I went to my car and I sobbed because I was like, what did I just do? (laughs) Like, this is really scary. Um, but I called my fiance and I was like, Tim, I just quit. And he's like, it's okay. Like, we'll figure it out. Like Mm -hmm. wanted to do this business thing. Now's the time just do it. And, um, so I did, it was like, I had to make it work. And, uh, so I literally just started telling people like, Hey, guess what? I wanted to be a stay at home mom. And I really need to, um, I need to get some clients. So like, where can I do that? Mm -hmm. And I started talking in, uh, Facebook groups, um, local Facebook groups, just like, Hey guys, I, I posted a picture of me with my kids. Like, Mm -hmm. this is me. Like, just super authentic. Um, and honestly, from some of those first posts, I got my first clients and those people are still my clients today. So I still have some accounting clients that are still like chilling with me and they just sort of like, you're not getting rid of us ever. Right. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So you grew like very quickly to $20,000 a month, right? Like, yeah. That's what you did. And how did you do that? So like as an accountant, like I'm just baffled by this, right? Because we're introverts and like, it's hard to go meet people and it's hard to find the right clients and it's hard to like scale a practice. Like how did you scale so quickly? Um, and that's what you help people do now, which is yeah. fascinating to me. Um, yeah. But like, how did you scale your accounting business? Because all the accountants out there want to know. Right. <laughs> Right. Don't you all. Yes, we um, do. <laughs> so I scaled so quickly. Um, one, because I had to, like, mm-hmm. I was like, I need to make this work. And I realized I could do it. Like it, when I quickly got to a point where I was billing out $2,000 a month, I was like, well, why can't I make 5,000? And then it was like, well, why can't I make 10,000? Okay. Why can't I make 20? Mm-hmm. And Um, and I did that by every single day committing to growing my network Mm -hmm. every single day. I was consistent in growing my network. Who am I talking to today? Um, who am I helping? And I help people for free a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's now what I talk about giving value. I'm consistently giving people value. Oh, you need help in your business. Sure. Uh, let's get on a free call. We'll talk. I'll give you some value. And I would ask people to write a review about me, mm-hmm. testimonial. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to charge you anything for the advice I gave you today, but can you write a testimonial about me? And from there, people would see me, they'd see my name and more people would reach out. So it was just, it snowballed, like just consistently giving value, consistently helping people. Um, and I was passionate about it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't passionate. And I talk about this a lot. I talk about it with my students. I wasn't passionate about bookkeeping. In fact, I never did it. Like, so I did, it got done for my clients, obviously, but I had to pretty much, as soon as I started the business, I realized I was outsourcing my bookkeeping to somebody because, um, I, I was like, I can't do this. I never, I never did it. I so quickly moved up in my career, uh, from doing AR and AP to becoming a CFO in it was probably five years, a five-year span of first accounting job to I'm a CFO of a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Um, And that quick turnaround, I didn't really ever have to do the nitty gritty. So I quickly outsourced and I really focused on scaling. I focused on sales and marketing Mm -hmm. and that's what I loved. And, you know, from there, 
if I get to today, um, I started just telling people how to grow their business for free all the time. Like that's what people wanted from me Mm -hmm. all the time. People were like, how did you grow so fast? So I was giving them information constantly for free, Mm -hmm. telling them, this is how I grew. This is how I grew. This is what I did. Uh, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. Mm -hmm. And then I capitalized on that and created what I have now. Yeah. So tell us about the transition to, um, to the coaching business. So it was really scary. Yeah. Um, (laughs) and this was probably like a very pivotal moment for me because it was like, you know, I, I grew this business, um, and it was finally like at a place, like, you know, I did the, the 2000, 5,000, 7,000, 10, 12, 15. And I got to a place where I was making 24,000 a month. And then like, things seemed great. It was like, okay, this is great. And then I went to my fiance and I was like, I want to do something different now. And he's like, what? (laughs) Like we, you just got this to a place where he was feeling comfortable Mm -hmm. because I feel like it's okay. No big deal. We can invest in this. We can do this because now I'm making this money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what if you don't make any money next month? And I was like, no, 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 I will. Like, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. So when I wanted to kind of essentially start over, it was scary. It was scary for him. And it was scary for me because I knew that my income would slope Mm -hmm. um, because I wasn't going to focus on growing this other thing anymore. Mm -hmm. so that transition happened because it was actually what I love to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd be really excited when I talked about sales and marketing and I'd get a new client in accounting. And then I would be like, be like, but I don't even want to look at QuickBooks. I don't even want to open that freaking app up. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to look at people's numbers. Um, so it was almost something I had to do. And because I loved this piece, it gave me the ability to use my creative side of my brain, mm-hmm. um, which I know a lot of account- accountants don't have. Um, <laughs> like they I think don't. we actually do have them. We just don't tap into them. Right, right. Because yeah. w- if you're the kind of accountant that solves puzzles for people, you do have that side of the brain, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So that's the difference. I think it's totally the difference between the the consultants and the puzzle fixers, like the puzzle people and the just data entry people. Yeah. Yep. Like some of us are completely left brained and some of us are both. Mm -hmm. Um, and I become much more both since I've had my own business because I have to. Yes. But also I've realized data entry is not my jam. Like I don't want to do tax returns. I want to help people grow businesses or I want to watch them grow and help, you know, help them scale and help them find cash and, you know, do the thing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah. And it was really just, again, I I did that same process. Mm -hmm. I committed to it. I consistently told people how they could grow their business for free. I Mm -hmm. gave away the value. Mm -hmm. I didn't fear giving away too much, Mm -hmm. um, which I, I see a lot of, I see a lot of us do. I see a lot of business owners do. They're like, oh, but if I tell them how to do all these things, they won't need me. And that's completely the wrong mindset. Like, no, they'll want you more because they'll be like, wow, this person knows exactly what they're talking about. I can trust them to Mm -hmm. do the things. Yeah. And to keep me accountable. So Mm -hmm. any mentor I've ever gone to has given me some content that I, that seriously resonated with me. And then I went to them and I was like, Hey, can you walk me through this? Can you do this with me? Yep. Yep. Um, so that's the fun part too. Yeah. Because you already know that people resonate with you if they're, you know, if they come through, come to you through your content. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah. And it was just, 
started over again, creating the proof of concept, knowing that I could help people do exactly what I did. And I got those first clients um, by tapping into my current clients, my current accounting clients. I tapped into them first. I helped them in a bigger way first. Uh, I got the the testimonial from them. I had people talking to me. I did the free phone calls again, Mm -hmm. um, asked people to write a review for me. And from there, it, it again, snowballed into this bigger thing that now I have this whole program, um, that I didn't, and this is important. I didn't create a program until like, it didn't actually put it in Kajabi and make this course. I didn't do that until I had the proof of concept, until I had the clients, until I knew what I was giving them was actually working and they were loving it. So yeah, it's in that, that I think is such an important piece for people to take away from this. Like sell the thing, Mm -hmm. sell it, then make it. Like we were just talking about this, mm -hmm. you know, right before we started recording, you're like, okay, so this is the next thing. I just need to go sell it so that I'll create it. Right. And I do find that when I do that, or when I sell something that I'm not quite sure I know how I'm going to hand, I'm not I'm going to do yet, or, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know which app I'm going to use, or I don't know, you know, it's been a while since I've done the thing. Like if I sell it, then I have to figure it out. Um, right. And so it makes a lot more sense to just sell it first. Yeah. Um, I've just met way too many business owners who are like, here's my 20 page business plan. And I'm just like, have you sold anything yet? <laughs> And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, go sell some things and yeah. then back and see me because I can't help you mitigate taxes on zero. Right. 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 Um, you know, unless you have already have a provable business that people just come to, there's really not much we can do. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Go sell it first. Yep. <laughs> I don't need your business. Sales. <laughs> Sales is, uh, is the one and only thing you should focus on when you start a business. Yeah. The one and only. And, and I, hard because we're all technicians, like a lot of yeah. the time we're technicians and we're like, oh, sales crap. Dang it. Ooh, so scary. It is scary. <laughs> I'm so scared of sales. And so really the key for you. And so what I'm hearing is the really, the big key was you were helping people and then you were asking for testimonials. That's something none of us do. I like, I literally just wrote this like super big across my notes because that's mm-hmm. the piece I'm missing. Yeah. asking people for testimonials. Maybe they're not the right fit for me. Maybe they're not the right client, but I did just help them. Yep. Somehow. Yep. Um, And having them and just saying, Hey, I just, you know, you're not a good fit, but Mm -hmm. you know, I hope this was helpful for you. And if it was, could you go write me a testimonial? That is huge tip that I think a lot of us miss because we're afraid to ask for that for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Give them some value. Give them a couple tips. Like, Hey, this isn't the right fit right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to give you some information Mm -hmm. and I'm going to give you like three things I want you to go out and do today, Mm -hmm. start them right now. And if, if this is helpful, I'd love in exchange for this information for you to go write a testimonial about me. I'd love for you to go and uh, make a post about me on your personal page. Would you be happy? Would you do that? And they're going to be like, yeah, I'd love free help right now because I can't afford to pay anyone. Mm-hmm. is typically the situation. Right. Um, so it, it's as simple as that. Ask them. Say, if I give you some free information right now, if I give you three tips, will you go talk about if it was helpful? Mm-hmm. If it's helpful. I'm not going to yeah. ask you to lie, just if it's helpful. Mm-hmm. And um, that has helped me 
tremendously. I've been doing that since day one. And it's something that um, I don't see people doing often, but you can give value over a phone call and get a testimonial for it. That is so like, cool. Yeah. There's, there's no reason not to like give them something that they can take away and do. So they can say like, yeah, Alyssa was awesome to talk to. She gave me a bunch of free freaking advice. And now I have an actionable plan so I can work with her in the future. How cool mm-hmm. is that? Like, yeah, And then they'll come back, right? And then they'll come back. And that's the other thing is I don't alienate the people that I talk to. And I'm like, oh, you can't afford my service right now. You're making an excuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you don't need to go talk to your husband about it. Like mm-hmm. people are going to give excuses. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. They, they legitimately might have a thing where they're just not ready mm-hmm. to work with you mm-hmm. and give them permission to come back. Don't alienate them and make them feel like crap because they can't do it at that time. Mm-hmm. And I have people come back all the time. That's all the so time. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's totally fine to be like, you know what, you're just, you know, you're not a good fit, but this mm-hmm. is, you know, here's what I see. Here's how we can help you. Like, here's some tips and tricks and whatever. Um, yep. And if this free time was good for you, then if you, you know, be willing to, could you just, you know, be willing to just pop me a review real quick? I'll send you the link. All you have to do is do the review. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And I have people that all the time. There are specific types of businesses mm-hmm. um, that I I don't really work with somebody who sells like maybe a specific product that I don't align with, mm-hmm. or, um, maybe they have like, I make sure that I can get behind their business. Like if you came to me and told me that you sold tobacco to young children, I'd be like, I can't help you, but here's some free tips. Can you write a review? <laughs> like maybe I wouldn't give them tips if they were selling yeah. tobacco to children. <laughs> But you get what I mean. Like there sometimes Crack rocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here. Here's an eight ball. <laughs> Is that a thing? I, I am don't, so I <laughs> couldn't tell you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, my drug knowledge is completely based on movies, so I couldn't tell right. you. <laughs> Dazed and confused. That's <laughs> my <laughs> uh, almost famous and dazed and confused. Two favorite movies. That's um, so funny. And you're like, and that's the like the epitome of my drug knowledge. Like, that's yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually, so I'm going to, I'm going to like probably tell you too much here, but I was actually okay. like completely raised by hippies. Mm-hmm. So my drug knowledge probably goes a little farther than <laughs> <laughs> um, I was. In the marijuana sector probably. But. Yes. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. I was going to uh, like Grateful Dead shows and Allman Brothers, Tom Petty, when I was like 12. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We had, um, yeah. My, my mom was a total hippie too, but she doesn't like our mom. <laughs> she doesn't, you know, she doesn't really align with that anymore. So, yeah. but I'm always just like, do you remember that time when you were an actual total hippie? Do you yeah. You were like you remember against the government. Remember? Yeah. We all smelled like patchouli. <laughs> <laughs> remember that? I remember that? <laughs> so funny. Yeah. So, I think you answered this question, but you might have some more for me. So what are your biggest um, or your top tips for people to grow their business quickly? So just like, give me two. Other than Uh, asking for reviews, because that's huge. Right. Um, So that's, of course, one. I would say massive action gets massive results. Mm -hmm. Do something every day. Do something every single day. Figure out what is it? Where do you see yourself? Mm-hmm. How are you going to get there? Take a step in that direction every single day. 
Like no excuses, figure it out. You have, there's a world full of people who are ready to help you. And if you get so stuck that you're like, I don't even know what to do next, Mm -hmm. like ask. Um, You know, I I had somebody, I, I teach a lot about social media and organic growth marketing. And I had somebody that I talked to, uh, one of my clients and was like, I, I can't think of content ideas. And I was like, ideas, why do you need content ideas? Like, why are you saying that plural? And she's mm-hmm. like, well, I just, I want to be able to write a list of things to talk about. I said, you know how many you need right now? You need one. You mm-hmm. need one thing to talk about today. Mm-hmm. One piece of value, one piece of advice that you can give your network today. That's mm-hmm. all you need. Like you don't need to have a whole storyboard behind you. You don't need a content calendar. You don't need a content calendar. You need one idea. You need one little piece of your brain that tells other people, I know what I'm talking about today. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's so awesome. It's really, really good advice, um, especially for accountants, because we spend a lot of time on analysis paralysis. I literally have content calendar on my list of things to do, and you just gave me permission to not even deal with it. You don't, you don't need that. You don't need that. You know what I do? If I get into a mood, um, if I get into a mood where I like feel like lit up, like I have a bunch of ideas that are just like going off in my brain, mm-hmm. I will get post-it notes. And like, I wish I could like pull it out and show you right now. No, you're so fine. Um, I, I get post-it notes and I just write down all of these ideas. I write down a bunch of ideas on post-it notes. Mm-hmm. And then what I can do is if I have like a big calendar behind me, I can even make a calendar behind me with like that washi tape, that fun washi tape, like mm-hmm. get on your wall, use a whiteboard, whatever. And then I just put them in where on my calendar where I think I might want to talk about them. But then if they're on post-it notes, I can move them around. Like, oh, I didn't, I didn't talk about that today because this other thing really made me excited. So I'm going to talk about that tomorrow instead. But you have Um, your ideas too. Like you've just done the work to be like, these are my ideas and I have to use them today or tomorrow or really ever. Mm -hmm. Yep. But but if I need them, if I don't have something to talk about today, I can just pull one. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So I've got just a ton of notes I'm writing down. (laughs) Hold on. Um, So how, so we're talking about massive growth. And because I'm an accountant, I need to know how you help people scale with that growth. Like, how do we, like, how, how do you help people with the, if we're, they're going from like 10 clients to 50 clients, like how do you, you know, how do you help them scale that? Um, so that's, a, that's something that of course I'm concerned about. Like, how do we scale? Scalability yeah. is really hard sometimes. Yeah. So um, Some of the biggest things that I can think of just off the top of my head for scaling an accounting firm specifically. Um, One, you need to learn to delegate. You have to have people under you that you can give the work to because I'm here to tell you right now, if you don't know this already, you cannot be doing all of the tax returns, all of the bookkeeping, all of the consulting, and also focus on growth. Yeah, there's just no way. And I know that many of us are technicians and we go into this thinking like, we're just going to do the work and we're, we're going to sell it. But ultimately in order to scale to these bigger places, you've got to have people you can delegate to. And I did that almost immediately and I didn't know it then, but I realized now it was a huge factor in my success. I immediately delegated the smaller tasks. So I could say every single day I have to work on sales and marketing because I got to keep paying for this girl over here. Mm -hmm. I need her still. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at one point I had almost four bookkeepers working for me 
Um, wow. And I, I had to do that because like one would get, they weren't all full time, um, but like one would get tapped out and she wouldn't be able to keep up. So I'd be like, okay, let's bring on another one. Um, and then, so I'd give them two clients and then I'd find another bookkeeper, give them two clients. And all I needed to do was make sure that the people kept up the work on a monthly basis. I could review the things and focus on sales and marketing because mm-hmm. those are the number one things you need to work on. Um, along with that is making sure you have a high value offer. Like you don't go into the saying, I'm going to charge $20 an hour because when that breaks down after taxes, you're paying yourself peanuts mm-hmm. and it's not scalable. How are you going to pay somebody to do the work if you're charging $20 an hour? Um, and I don't think most people are doing that, but there's a lot. It surprises me. I still see a lot of people doing that. So what's your high value offer? How are you different and come in with something that's like, this is my minimum price. I can't work for any less than $500. Mm -hmm. I can't even get my staff to work for less than $500. So this is my minimum price. Mm -hmm. And some people will say, well, you know, I, my clients can't afford that. My clients can't afford 500 an hour uh, or $500 for a value service a month. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. a month. If mm-hmm. I said 500 an hour, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, 500 an hour sounds amazing. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, I'll take that, please. <laughs> um, it might work out to be that. Yeah. But, you know, I can't I work for less than $500 per month. Like, that's my minimum fee. Um, and, and just have people know, like, there's a way to help the people that can't afford that yet, but it's not by having, giving them a full service. It might be by giving them some sort of passive way. Like here's a training so you can do some stuff yourself and then I'll do a monthly review with you mm-hmm. and have a, maybe a different fee for that. So um, it's having multiple ways of pulling an in income through something that's passive, mm-hmm. like a training uh, or a guide or a module. And then having your high value offer where you give them a transformation. So taking them from I'm a hot mess to mm-hmm look at these beautiful numbers in this projection I have for the future. Mm-hmm. And then some sort of monthly recurring revenue is, yeah. is what That's I would huge. suggest. That yeah. recurring revenue is so huge. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, That's really helpful because we have a hard time. We have a hard time charging. Well, and I always tell people if the book, bookkeeper is only $20 an hour, run, like yeah. run quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Turn around. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. head the other direction because right. you're you're gonna need to pay at least fifty dollars an hour for quality work. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you know, I would even I I never have charged hourly. Um I did it I, I can't say never. I did it very early on before mm-hmm. I learned any better. Mm-hmm. And I pretty quickly went to value-based pricing. And when people would say, Well, Betty down the block said she can do it for 25. I'd be like, okay, go to Betty Mm -hmm. and then come back to me Mm -hmm. when you're ready to pay somebody to fix it. Yeah. And that's what I, yeah. yeah. And I said, if you pay the 20, $20 person, you're paying us a hundred to fix it. Yeah. That's not going to, that's not going to go well for you. (laughs) Right. It's probably going to be a lot more in the long run. So how do you, so you also help your clients find their ideal clients. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you do that? Like how, what is your process to, you know, help people be like, these are the people I really want to work with because I know it can be really hard to niche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Analysis paralysis is real. Like I just picked a niche. It took me a year to be like, okay, these are the people I want to work with. 
right? Uh, and this is really tough for people, especially accountants. They are like, <laughs> they will get so stuck on like, but if I choose this person, then what if there's not enough of them? Mm-hmm. Um, there's all these fears around niching down. And um, so, so one of my ways and one of my processes is who can you make the biggest impact on? Like what industry have you worked on? that you can make the biggest impact on? Have you helped a graphic design business blow up their income because you taught them how to read their uh, financials better and start billing correctly? Did you do that? If you did that, maybe you should talk to more of those graphic design businesses and tell them what you've already done Mm -hmm. for other graphic design businesses. Mm -hmm. If there's a market in it. And also identifying the market and the problem that they have, a like problem that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see sometimes people want to niche to a certain industry, but that industry might not be open to the type of help you want to deliver them. So um, it's also about, you know, doing that research. And, and I would challenge if you're really stuck on something, talk to 10 people in a specific industry and have them give you feedback. Just say, hey, I'll buy you coffee. I'll send you a $10 Starbucks gift card, whatever it is. Because that advice and that feedback is so valuable mm-hmm. to scaling. Um, it took me a while to to niche. Uh, and I ended up niching two private practices. Um, and I ended up with dentists, chiropractors, and um, actually a pediatrician. And I still am connected with all of them today. I still work with them all of, all of them today. But that came from me working in the healthcare industry mm-hmm. uh, and I knew how to help them in a big way. I knew that they didn't go to dental school or medical school trained to run a business. I get like one class sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> one class. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. They, they just weren't trained in this area and they're like, I don't know. And then the other thing that I, I know about them is that they rely heavily on the front end person their, their office, their front office to do a lot of this work. And that person isn't trained in accounting. Also, they have, they have a big need for, um, tax, uh, tax help, like how tax sheltering, Mm -hmm. save money in taxes because I'm making money, but I have no idea like how I can not have to pay the government so much. Mm -hmm. Like how can I save some of that for myself? Um, so it's having the knowledge there to help them. So it's just, it's identifying the issues that a market has and knowing if you have the skill set to fix it. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the skill set to help somebody with tax sheltering and you know, they make a lot of money. I wouldn't suggest you go in and say, I can help you with that. <laughs> yeah. Especially when we're dealing with higher liability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have higher liabilities, so that's something that we need to take into account when we're doing entity planning and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I decided on my niche, I, I have a friend who's actually in my niche, and I call and I Facebook message her, and I said, "Can I get like an hour of your time? Um, I just want to pick your brain. I'm happily send your Starbucks card." She's like, "You're fine." Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the conversation, I was like, "Okay, so you know, you're telling me your big issue is cash flow, you know?" And I was like, "Okay, so I'm gonna give you five minutes of my expertise." And we're going to figure out how to blow up your income this year. Like you got six more months. Let's blow it up. Yeah. And I was like, 
high dollar services. She's like, well, surgeries. I'm like, high dollar services you don't have to do. And she's like, dentals. I'm like, awesome. Let's figure out how to get your people to sell those things. And we're going to double your income this year. And they're like, they're going gangbusters. And I was like, yes. Like, I was yeah. just so excited because we need those outside eyes. Yep. But we need people who understand, you know, about the business or at least understand enough about numbers and stuff to be like, try this thing. Yep. See if it works for you. Yep. Um, and I'm just so excited for her. And I was like, yeah, she's like, awesome. that was amazing advice. I'm like, you're welcome. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Thank you for your time. <laughs> I need to ask her for a review. Yeah. Yes. You should ask her for a testimonial, maybe a video, do a video testimonial. I have a list Um, now. Yeah. So there's my homework to you. I know. I'm going to do that today. I have a list of people that I'm going to be like, here's the link to send me a review. If you would do that, that'd be great. Um, So your program is six weeks to six figures. Yes. Okay, yep. cool. And we'll send, um, we'll put a description, put that in the description box. We put linkies yeah. in the description box. Yeah. So if anybody's interested in working with Alyssa, you can just click that box. So before I ask my last question, mm-hmm. uh, what is the easiest way for people to find you? Uh, Facebook. <laughs> right on Facebook, Alyssa J. Dillon. And I have a uh, free community called The Profit Mindset, Building Business with Intention. And I have a business page, uh, Alyssa J. Dillon, Profit Growth Strategist. Awesome. That'll probably be the easiest. I love it. Yep. And we'll link all those in the description boxes. I think I'm in the group, potentially. I think you invited me. I don't know. I probably paid attention, but um, I don't think I've been in there to like poke around yet. Mm -hmm. Um, When I'm I'm in... When I'm invited to a group like that, like I have to be like, okay, I need like an hour to poke around and read things and know what's going on and get the get the vibe and because I'm right, I'm an accountant. I have to yeah. analyze the situation. You have to analyze. I'm gonna analyze this. Um, okay, so you might have already answered this, but you might give me a different answer. So final question: What is the one thing every business owner can do to move forward faster? Uh, commit mm. to sales and commit to taking action every day towards your goals. Like envision where you're going Mm -hmm. and start working towards, start growing the network, start talking to people. Um, Whether that is talking to people in a potential niche you wanna work with, whether that's talking to people in, in, in a coaching space, a person like myself, like free value. I go live all the time and give away free tips. Like whether it's reaching out to a me and saying like, Hey, this is some of the things I've tried. I'm looking for more help. Um, every day, just commit to growing your network, giving people value Mm -hmm. and talking. Um, you know, I, I challenged some people to just reach out to 10 people in the potential niche they wanted to work out, work in. And I would get people that would come back to me and be like, Alyssa, I reached out to 10 people in my niche and I ended up with three clients because they happened to be looking for a me. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's as simple as that. If you're reaching out and I know we don't, we don't like to do a lot of the direct outreach because it's, it feels spammy or scammy, but if you actually are just looking to have a genuine conversation, Mm -hmm. people are going to see that just be yourself, just be yourself, show up authentically. Um, and that's, 
honestly, that's probably it. Show up authentically. I love that. And I think that, so I just actually did this yesterday. So I was talking to a new, I was talking to a potential client and they kept saying all these names of people that are helping them. And I wrote them down and I went on LinkedIn and friended them all and connect, mm-hmm. like connection requested all of them. Um, and two of them replied, um, or like, was like, thanks for connecting. Let's have coffee. And I was like, I didn't even have to do anything. I didn't have to message them. I didn't have to do anything. I just had to connect with them and they asked to have coffee with me. Yeah. Yep. If you're showing up authentically in a way that people believe you genuinely want to help them, mm-hmm. they are going to see it. They're going to yeah. be like, how can I not work with you? You yeah. obviously are here to help me. Yeah. Um, so, and it's, it's when, it's when you do it for the wrong reasons, when you're just trying to make a buck, when you're just like, I have to do this. When you don't feel lit up and authentic, people are going to see through it. That is so true. That is so true. Um, there's, you know, there's been times that I haven't been lit up or authentic and people have been like, yeah, it's not a good fit. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you're probably right. You were probably yeah. right. It's not a good yep. fit. And that's totally fine. Yep. That's awesome. Exactly. I've had that happen too. So, <laughs> and it's totally good. We just have to not yep. take those things personally. I think that's yep. the big thing too. As a business yes. owner, one of my big tips is always just like, don't take things personally. People are going to leave you. People are not going to think you're a good fit. Like, and that's okay because you're not mm-hmm. everybody's flavor and that's fine. Yep. Um, and I think it's, that's something that, you know, a lot of us struggle with too. It's like, nobody likes me. <laughs> I even feel like that sometimes. <laughs> Like, do these people even like me? (laughs) Well, I like you. So thank you so much for coming. Yes. Yes. This was so fun. Awesome. Yes. You'll have to write me a review. I will. Yeah. And you'll have to write me a review. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Anybody who's listening, if you go to Apple to go to the iTunes podcast, Appy thing, find the Abundant Beans podcast and please leave us a review. I know I ask for that. Um, in the outro, but I rarely do it in in the episode. So before you click out, please go do that for us. If you like this podcast, please go give us a review. That would be yes. huge. Yes, um, yes. And then go find Alyssa and give her a review and just say, that is the best tip I've ever heard. Go ask people for reviews. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye, y'all. Bye. Hey y'all, thanks for listening. If you found this podcast to be inspiring, helpful, and entertaining, please like and subscribe. This helps us grow the community and reach more people. If you're interested in learning more about this episode's guest or accessing any of the books or other resources mentioned in this episode, be sure to check out the description box below. Until next time, be abundant.